Episode 74 of the Winging It Podcast. Thank you for winging it with us. As always, it's a bit of a somber day here. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Yesterday sucked almost from start to finish. Maybe the first quarter was okay. But aside from that, we saw a very, very disappointing Eagles performance. But before we get into the game, obviously, make sure you are following us everywhere that you can possibly follow us. You know, even if it's Facebook, great. MySpace, awesome. But but please make sure to give us a follow on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out there. We're pumping out stuff every week. Lots to get into today, guys. I'm joined by always as uh, joined by joined as always with Alex and Ali. Uh, guys, 42 to 19 yesterday. The Eagles suffer their worst loss since I can remember. Um, we all went into this week thinking that the Eagles were going to win. It seemed like there was some disrespect as a three-point underdog, and uh, here we are a day later, and things don't feel very good. Uh, Ali, want to get your perspective first. Um, I know the game was disappointing. Here we are a day later, just kind of, do you, do you feel better about things, or are you still kind of uh, disappointed overall? Am I allowed to overreact? Can I just overreact for a moment? This is the place to do it, man. Please, overreact, because okay. I'm going to be we, doing it myself. We looked so terrible uh, I don't know how we can win any playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl. I, we might lose every game for the rest of this season okay, because of right. how bad we are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. <laughs> no, it's it's so I, I remember I think I, I was listening to uh, Chris Sims last week where he said probably the smartest thing I've ever heard him say, uh, which is the only thing I've ever heard him say that was smart. He said it was going to be incredibly difficult to not overreact after this game. Where, like whatever the outcome was, right? Yeah. Either the 49ers are going to win and we're going to crown them as the Super Bowl champions and the Eagles aren't as good as we thought they were, or the Eagles are going to win and everyone's going to say the Eagles should be crowned champion, right? At the end of the day, If you told Nick Sirianni coming into this gauntlet of a schedule three games into it after the bye that we were going to be two and one, I think he would take that seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, So do I like how it how it sort of manifested yesterday? No. And we're definitely going to get into a lot of the issues that we had yesterday. Um, But the sky is not falling. You know, I, I think losses give us the the benefit of of having something to learn from, um, and hopefully we can course adjust. Alex, how is the uh, how is the stadium environment? I know last year or during the uh, during the NFC Championship game, you described that as kind of like a, a gladiator fest, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the way the stadium was, the environment. How was it yesterday, and and was it similar? Yeah, I mean, so it was it was weird because a few hours before kickoff, the parking lots were like dead. There wasn't a lot of lines, and ninety five mm. was just like backed up accident after accident after accident. We got caught in some traffic, so it was actually a little bit odd because I actually felt walking into the stadium, it almost felt like a preseason vibe. 
Uh, I'm telling you, man, for the Bills game, there was Eagles chants echoing in the hallways, uh, in the bathrooms. Everyone's, you know, kind of excited with a smile on their face. And walking into the stadium, it, it felt like a preseason atmosphere. However, that immediately changed right before kickoff. It was loud. It felt like a playoff game. It was really exciting. Um, and I know we talked about this before. Uh, the Niners fans show up. They really do show up. I would say out of every team that I've seen come through Lincoln Financial, the 49ers have an overwhelmingly uh, uh, overwhelming presence more than any other fan base, including Dallas or any of the closer teams like New York or Washington. So wow. credit to them, man. And um, they are they are definitely loud, flamboyant and eccentric. Like they make it known that they're there. They cheer. You can tell them to sit down. They're not going to sit down. You know, they're a, they're, they're a tough fan group, and hats off to them, man. They deserved it last night. You know, it's it's interesting because you're talking about this, this preseason type of feel to it, and I don't know why, but leading up to the game, it started to feel more and more like this was going to be a game that the Eagles weren't going to fight for. And I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. that, but it just it, – it did feel like it was going to be a loss – the more the, the closer we got to game time, then the game started and we actually started off pretty decent. Again, we'll get into the game, but there was something about like the, the excitement around this game or the energy around this game felt like it was starting to kind of dissipate a little bit. And I don't know if that's because we're coming off of those wins against the Chiefs and the Bills. And even when we talked about this last week, you guys, I think, both said that uh, this game felt a little less important than the, than both of those games. I, I, you know, I'll pass this to you before we get into our ups and downs. But do you? Did you still feel that way, that that game yesterday wasn't as important as as the previous weeks? I mean, listen, you want to win every single game that you play, right? Um, We all looked at this gauntlet part of our schedule. We've lost one game right now after beating the Cowboys, uh, where Dak Prescott is the front runner for MVP. Literally makes me want to throw up. Oh, no. I don't think he's deserved (laughs) that that honor. Um, But we, we beat the Cowboys, we beat the Chiefs, we beat the Bills, we beat the Dolphins, like we beat every single team. And we're talking about virtually back to back to back. Nobody predicted that the Eagles were going to be a three or four loss team, right? We were all saying, I'm sorry, we all predicted they're going to be a three or four loss team. Guess what happens? You actually have to lose games. (laughs) Here's the truth of the matter too. Breaking news, the Philadelphia Eagles, after losing as a number one seed, are still the number one seed. Have you guys looked at the Cowboys schedule or the upcoming 49ers schedule and our schedule? One of them is a lot easier than the rest of them. We just have to do work in Big D, take care of Seattle, and it's going to be smooth sailing to the finish line. Saying that we like fall off or we're not going to clinch the number one seed, maybe we won't. But like these other teams have to play other teams as well. I, I, I hope people realize that. I hope people realize that the end of the season didn't just happen. Um, if PJ Walker can beat the 49ers, I, I do think that there is a lot to say that the Eagles can certainly this morning still hold on to the number one seed through the end of the season. And even if we don't, the sky's not falling. Everyone needs to relax. Well said. Um, the yeah, I, I agree. The 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 point about well, first of all, right, like last week I described the Buffalo Bills game as kind of Rocky two. I'll describe this game as Rocky three. Uh, we got our butts whipped by Clever Lang, who is uh, someone who is much more prepared, much more uh, violent, much more uh, co- well, better coached um, than we were. And hopefully the uh, the shift is going to happen pretty soon and we might meet Clever Lang again when it matters most. Because at the end of the day, 
the 49ers didn't get revenge. We won the NFC Championship game. They won a regular season game. Yeah. But, well, good luck. Good luck telling their fans that. All <laughs> right, let's stop. Let's stop talking in themes. Let's get into the analysis. I'm going to provide color commentary today, so it's going to be Ali and Andrews two up two down. Alex Ali. And Andrews two up two down. Ali, I'll let you do the honors, my friend. So. My two ups, uh, the first one is uh, our wide receivers came to play. Um, Devontae Smith had himself a game, had that bubble screen, uh, I think in the second quarter, where he burst through several tackles to get a first down. And it was just like, and just a, a continuation of the theme that I've been saying over the last few weeks, the guy just produces. A.J. Brown had himself a game as well. First one in quite a few weeks where he was over 100 yards. Um, I think he had a, did he have a touchdown yesterday? Um, can't remember. I, I I don't think he did. No touchdowns. Regardless, I think he came in, he did his job. Both of them did their job. They did it incredibly well. Um, I just wish we got a little bit more production out of our offense in the red zone. And we can certainly talk about that later. My second up, Big Dom. I mean, <laughs> this guy... <laughs> Big Do- for, for everyone who doesn't know who Big Dom is, Dom DeSandro is the head of security and he is special advisor to the general manager. Uh, that's actually the second part of his job title. The guy just seeps Philadelphia when you look at him. He is this big Italian dude. He was the one that was welcoming Shaq Leonard to the Philadelphia International Airport when he came in last week. His spat with Dre Greenlaw um, on the sideline was one of the best spats that I've ever seen. Um, it was, I I've just never seen a head of security (laughs) get into the mix with a player altercation like that. Like why not? Right? Like the guy is just Philly. Why not just get in there? I feel like this is something one of our fans would have done if they were allowed sideline access, they would get in there and try to break it up. Second piece. I don't know if you guys saw this late in the second quarter, uh, a little under five minutes left. Jalen Hurts took the snap, rolls out to his left, throws an incomplete pass on third down. Guess who catches it on the sideline? Big Dom on the sideline makes the catch. <laughs> making plays. The guy's everywhere on the field and making an impact. That's my second up, Big Dom. It's yeah. funny. Uh, Alex, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. But uh, as I was listening on the broadcast, uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were talking about Big Dom before we even saw his face, before any altercation took place. They were talking about how, you know, he was giving them restaurant suggestions and he's always like very, you know, he's just this, this great host when people are visiting from out of town. And then sure enough, a quarter later, all eyes are on him. Alex, I'll send it yeah. to you. I mean, I just, I just love our wide receiver. So your, your, your first one there, um, that slant, that AJ Brown slant is just like borderline unstoppable. And he just had the DBs on skates tripping over each other. He looked fast too. He looked a lot faster than he usually does. I don't really take AJ Brown to be a speedster, but he was, he was burning people, man. He looked really good. Um, you know, you talk about that bubble screen to, to Smitty in the second quarter and, it's funny because I actually called it. I said, here comes a bubble screen of Julio Jones, but it was Smitty, right? Same exact thing. <laughs> Thank goodness. It was an awful play call. He, she, she, listen, I'm happy we picked it up, but like that is something that your 170-pound wide receiver, who's the size of a toothpick, uh, 
you know, broke some tackles and, and broke through there. But I, I still think it was a really bad play call. And it kind of, you know, gets us a little bit into a, a lens of, of how to put the game. But I'm with you on that. Big Dom, I don't know what he's doing in altercating with players. I'm, I'm glad that he's on our sideline, not the other sideline, because I think we would have very different opinions on it. Uh, Sh- uh, Shanahan was not very happy in the press conference and said, why is uh, why is why are non-players engaging with players on the sidelines like that's ridiculous he's had and security like, he's keeping us uh, secure well and let's just be real here like the 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 hit in the face was a light graze but man that slow motion makes it look so much worse <laughs> it was so loud in there that i couldn't even hear the announcement i just saw it looked like the ref was just doing some disco he's <laughs> pointing this this hands on his hips like i didn't know what was going on um, but it was it was pretty exciting, man. You really felt that that was going to be like a rejuvenation or something to kind of get the, the get the traction back on our side, and it yep. didn't happen. But it was it was kind of cool to see. It came at a time where the Eagles needed some sort of shot of life, and I really thought that that was going to help be a turning point of the game. Sadly, it wasn't, but it gave us at least something to uh, t- to enjoy, and it gave something the crowd to go wild about, which was which was kind of rare yesterday. Uh, I'm yeah. going to get into my I'll get into my two ups here. Uh, obviously, Big Dom was on the list, but I, I won't use him. Uh, my first up, why not? Quez Watkins. He converted yeah. a first down. Let's I'll just I'll just throw his name in there because there's not a whole lot to choose from. So Quez Watkins, thank you. Thank you for your three catches yesterday. Thank you for your contributions. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, you know, maybe maybe you'll do it more. May stick around, stay a while. I don't know. Let's this is good. Keep it up, Quez. My second up is the offensive line. I know that the offense didn't look great yesterday as a whole, um, but Hertz had time to throw. So our shortcomings on offense yesterday are more on Jalen Hurts, you know, we, we can definitely uh, we can definitely call it coaching. We can call it play calling. But I think Hurts had time to, to make plays. There was a, a second and six, uh, I believe, when we were in the red zone and he ends up taking a sack, which was just completely unacceptable. Took us out. You know, it it, it, it was like the second drive that we finished with a field goal uh, anyway. So, you know, I'll give props to the offensive line. I'll give props to Quez Watkins. Um you know, keeping it on on the offensive side because uh, the the defense surely doesn't deserve any praise. So um, those are my two ups. Yeah, and like honestly, man, Hertz had a lot of protection. Uh, Ali, I think your analysis on this defensive line for the 49ers was spot on. Uh, Hertz had three sacks, but two of them he tripped over himself. <laughs> uh, so so realistically, the the line got to him maybe maybe one time, and I don't even remember when that was. I I, I can't think of the time that he, he had a really big loss that wasn't self inflicted. So I do think that is a positive, right? This highly vaulted San Francisco defensive line um, didn't didn't really do much against us. I think the Washington line did way more uh, against us than. Well, I guess Chase Young played for both, right? But um, I think you understand the point there. And as far as Quez Watkins, it was good to see him in there. Um, you know, Zacchaeus had such a big moment. He had a standing ovation when he got introduced during the during the game because he <laughs> nice. was so pivotal to that. So um, I, I still have questions about the personnel. I, I don't know why Zacchaeus hasn't earned that starting spot and Quez just has been more of a liability. But, um, you know, I, I, I also don't have full faith in Brian Johnson right now. Really quick question for you guys. One or two sentence answer. Should we bring Frank Reich back as offensive coordinator? Yes. Yes, period. Cool. Done. Moving on. All right, let's get to the downs. <laughs> Andrew. 
Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I forget which game it was leading into, um, but I made the comment that Jalen Hurts can't play defense for us. So, sure, Hurts can win the game for us if the ball's in his hand, if, if he has the ball at the end of the game. But if the game's out of reach, there's there's not much he can do. And yesterday, there's nothing he – like, yeah, he made mistakes on the offensive side, um, but the defense gave this team no chance of winning. Uh, so, so to get into some of the downs here, uh, the, the tackling for one was atrocious. Uh, Jeff McClain, one of the beat writers for the Eagles, of the 49ers, 314 passing yards versus the Eagles yesterday, 213 of them came after the catch. So we couldn't tackle a lick. Uh, I think our corners maybe came into the season being like, you know, yeah, I'll tackle the guy if I'm like covering them. But if, you know, if if the running back has the ball now nah, count me out i'm not going to make any plays there our linebackers something that we have all have been truly worried about this entire season here's why you know you you, you could they were nowhere to be found um this was just a, a a a completely lackluster performance i think that the the 49ers scored touchdowns on six straight possessions in 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 fill in our house that's a joke um so the the, the tackling was ridiculous and I'm going to add one more thing here. Where's Nolan Smith? He's a first round draft pick. If we don't draft Jalen Carter, if, if, if Nolan Smith is our only first round draft pick and we're seeing this type of production, we are ripping this team to shreds. We're ripping Howie to shreds. So why is Nolan Smith not out there? It seems like we're not even rotating defensive ends. It just seems like it's Brandon Graham and, 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 and Josh sweat where, I mean, Reddick too. Why can't this guy see the field? Like, I, I, I'm i really, really, really confused about that. And between him and N'Kobe Dean, I know we got a lot of, lot of love for Georgia, but these guys got to these guys got to start, you know, showing their worth here. So uh, that's that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, I just I think it was such a characteristic San Francisco 49er game. And then just the missed tackles on top of it just made it so much worse. Right. Um I think our only saving grace from the Georgia Bulldogs, I, I do think Jordan Davis had a pretty good game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he did have a really pivotal block in the first possession. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into the the first quarter there. Um, but I don't see Nolan Smith. I think Jalen Carter has been okay. Him crying on the sidelines is a little bit, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. Hmm. Um, but the, I didn't see the that. The, oh yeah. He was crying on the sidelines afterwards. And, and also just like the missed tackles, man. I just, uh, it wanted me to just pull my hair out. And it's just such a classic 49ers game. It's almost like they try to come out of the gates and do something a little bit different. They didn't hand the ball once off in the first quarter. And I took a screenshot of the, of the scoreboard uh, when I was there and we started off the game. Let me just see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, Minus four rush yards, minus two pass yards, minus six total yards. And that is in the first. That's in the second quarter with the uh, 14 minutes. How they, the they hell, didn't score? How the they hell didn't score. Did it get to that point? How the hell did it get to that point? Right. Insane. They didn't score until halfway through the second quarter. Like everything started off pretty smooth, aside from us not being able to to put seven up on the board. But we looked great. Twice. We didn't put it up twice, which is ridiculous. Twice. Go, yep. go ahead, Ali. I don't want to take anything away from you. No, no. I, I think Andrew. I mean, we could spend the entire show unpacking the problems with our defense. Alex, a couple of weeks ago when you read the the text from your wife talking about how the Eagles have talent, I was kind of reflecting last night 
Um, I don't know if you've, you guys have ever seen the movie Miracle, um, talking about the 1980 U.S. hockey team, Herb Brooks, legendary hockey coach from my alma mater, University of Minnesota. Um, there's a scene in that movie where he's making them kind of, you know, do suicides on the ice. Um, and he looks at them and he's like, you think you have talent? Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. <laughs> and that's how I felt yesterday when it came to our defense. Our defense has talent, but we don't have enough guys, talent. Guys, breaking announcement, breaking announcement. Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard has signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll take it. We need it. Help us, Breaking Shaq. on the Help Winging us. It podcast. Shaq Leonard is a Philadelphia freaking Eagle. So sorry to cut you off there. Holy crap, and dude. that's the, the same Eagles just broke the news. That's the same guy as Darius Leonard, right? Because I had Darius Leonard as my IDP, my my defensive player for a couple years in fantasy, who was fantastic. I hope that's Shaq. That's him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he plays basketball, right, Shaq? Yeah, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Crap, they got the wrong Shaq. No, Aaron- <laughs> well, that's Shaq. Aaron Carter beat Shaq in a game of in a game of basketball. Uh, so, and he's got a whole song about how he beat Shaq. So, we don't want that. This Shaq. whole podcast just totally changed. Holy crap! I'm so happy I was able to break something. I mean, I don't think that's gonna like. He's not the answer, you know. Like it's it's helpful, but you but know, you know what though, Andrew? It's addressing a need. Of- at the end of last season, one of my biggest concerns was the fact that we lost our linebackers and have been trying to piece them together with Band-Aids. And that's been the key sort of hole in our entire team, in our entire yeah. defense has been the linebacker position. And that's exactly where Kyle Shanahan started exploiting, right? Like Kyle Shanahan yesterday, I felt like was putting on a masterclass on how to take your weakest parts and take advantage of it. There was this, a clip of him on the sideline. I think it was the uh, the touchdown that he threw to Brock or to, to Brandon Ayuk. That Brock Purdy threw to Brandon Ayuk. Um, Kyle Shanahan was standing on the sideline before Ayuk got even open on the back. Before Brock Purdy saw him, Shanahan was pointing in the back of the end zone, like, "Dude, how do you not see this? This is already like it's exactly how I drew it up." And I think to your point, Drew, I, I th- like. Listen to that stat. He threw 314 yards yesterday and 213 came after the catch. I have one more thing to add to you while we're on the topic Mm. of linebackers here because Nicholas Morrow alone accounted for 151 out of the 213 yards after the catch. That's a huge linebacker issue. Oh, yeah. And like these aren't it's not like Tyreek Hill right? It's not like DK Metcalf, like Debo Samuel and Branton Ayuka, like they're, they're good receivers. Don't, don't get it twisted, but they're, they aren't these like specimens of what a perfect NFL athlete looks like. Like if we're giving Tyree kill those extra yards, it's almost understandable, right? Tyree kill torched us again, but I don't look at those guys as like impossible to break down. I, I disagree, Alex. I think Debo is a hybrid athlete when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, I just don't like him. Like Ty, I, I, I don't, don't like him either. I, just don't, I like don't like him, him either. But Tyreek Hill is your standard speedy wideout. Debo Samuel is a hybrid. He sh- lines up in the backfield. He motions from the backfield. Lines up as a receiver. Takes handoffs. Like you don't know what to do with him. Yeah. And frankly, the fact that they they lost their three games because Debo Samuel wasn't there, like. That should tell you how pivotal this guy is to that entire offense. Exactly. So, yeah. 
there was a, a stat that I saw yesterday that the 49ers did not attempt to pass longer than 15 yards. You're right. You're right. Like, You're right. Wow. Th- that is us not being able to tackle. That is us not being able to cover. That is us not stopping the run. Our vaunted run defense, which is the bright spot of our entire team, has given up over 160 yards to running backs and quarterbacks over the last three games. Like, what happened to our defense? Wow. What happened to it? Sorry. You know, one thing, and, and listen, I'm not like a X's and O's guy, right? So I look at some key indicators of what's coming, and the run game for Christian McCaffrey was very predictable. They would line him up in the backfield. Brock Purdy would line up under center. He'd bootleg maybe 15% of the time, and then they would motion a guy out to whatever side he's going to run on. They would motion a tight end, and he's stepping over to the left side of the field. You know that a run is coming to the left. And I feel like in those moments, we did nothing to address it. You could actually sit there and call it out. I've never never had the opportunity to play football because I had a lot of medical conditions in high school that's prevented me from it. But if I can actually sit there and say, hey, run to the left, and it's happening all the time – I don't know how I don't know how our defense isn't seeing it, or maybe they are, and they're just they're just bossing them around. It's it's insane to me. Your medical condition is being too damn handsome, and I'll be damned if anyone's going to mess up that well, face of your Alex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm looking and like Debo. You, you know, just like you're saying, they use him as a hybrid. I, I as I look at the box score, I see Debo Debo with three carries, and then I look, you know, I see freaking DeAndre Swift with six carries, and yep. I I know I didn't include. Sp- Swift in, in my downs, but I, I, I we need to touch on this a little bit, uh, especially at the He's, beginning of the game. It seemed like Kenny Gainwell is. Oh, did, was he your second down? That I completely just uh, that I just cut well, you off there. No, because <laughs> our our defense was our defense was your your down. Yeah. Um, I had I had a couple of downs. I'm sorry. I just I, I went off on a tangent just because I hate the way our defense showed up on every level yesterday there's so I need much some Brian Johnson here. hate from you Ali I need some Brian Johnson hate I will I will hate right now okay thank you the first my first down is I hate Brian Johnson I don't think he <laughs> deserves a job as an offensive coordinator in the NFL I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt over the last couple of weeks because he does have a knack for for situational play calling so when you need the right play call in the right moment of the game like he has definitely shown that he's got the knack to do that. But for every other aspect of the game, to get started quickly, to stay on top, to manage the game, manage the clock, he has done a terrible job of that. He does not scheme well. He relies too heavily on Jalen Hurts, trying to make things up and doing off-schedule plays. There is no ingenuity. There's no sort of like creativity coming out of this offense. It is purely put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands and see what happens. And the fact that DeAndre Swift, you said, had six carries yesterday, he had three more carries than a wide receiver on the other team, (laughs) is insane. It's insane to me. How does this guy still have a job? Like, I get that there's loyalty on the Eagles where Jalen Hurts is like, no, he's doing a great job. He's one of the best. Like, get out of here with that. He is not calling. He has not called one complete game where I would look back on it and I would say that was a great called game by our offense yep. this entire season. And the the question that I have, Ali, is, you know, 
maybe, maybe they are just being extra careful with DeAndre Swift because of his injury history. That I can understand if you want to preserve somebody, fine. But then why, why is he out there on the final drive of the game where he took a nasty hit? Pop. Why is he out there at that time of the game? There's no logic. But you can even say like, oh, we've got four running backs on our active roster. Right? Like, we've got Boston Scott, we've got Kenny Gainwell, and we've got Rashad Penny. I know we forget about him. But we've got three other running backs, so if you're worried about DeAndre Swift getting injured, we have the weapons in our arsenal to have an adequate run game. We've got an offensive line that feeds off of running the football, and we refuse to do it. My second down, real quick, is the refereeing in this game. I don't know what pass interference is anymore, because (laughs) what I thought it to be is that if a defensive back touches you beyond five yards, it is illegal contact. If he holds you, it's holding, both of which are an automatic first down. If he impedes your process or or your ability to catch a football in any way while the ball is in the air, that is defensive pass interference. And on numerous occasions in this game, what I saw was hands-on receivers from the 49ers DBs on the Eagles players. And frankly, this is a problem. Refereeing is a problem across the entire NFL. I was watching Sunday Night Football last night where Patrick Mahomes gets popped in bounds, and it's a 15-yard penalty. And then a couple of plays later, a Green Bay Packers DB is giving Marquez Valdez-Scanling, or he's getting a piggyback ride from him, and it's a no-call. Like, There is so much technology that we have at our disposal now. Referees have ear pieces that they can talk back to New York. Like it's such a, it's so simple. Just be like, call in someone's ear. Hey dude, throw a flag. That's definitely defensive pass interference. Or hey, that actually wasn't roughing the passer. It wasn't unnecessary roughness. Pick that flag up. I don't know why we don't use technology to make this game better. Because at this point in time, the referees are causing these games to turn up the way they are right? Whether it's wins or losses, the referees are interfering with the outcomes of the game. And that should not be the case. That's my second down. Yeah. I don't really have uh, much to much to provide color to there. Um, I just, I don't understand why we can't get DeAndre Swift involved. I mean, the whole crowd was yelling, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I just, I don't get it. And all the times he, he would run it in like a sensible situation, it would be like in just really weird um, scenarios. Like he run it on like second and 15. Well, why, why don't we do it on first and 10? Like it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in, into that. As far as the refereeing Ali, like that Sunday night football game was, was pretty wild. I'm not going to lie that that hit on Patrick Mahomes was so bad. Um, inbounds, a guy that's sneaky and tries to get away and he's right near the first down marker. And, and he didn't, he, he just like hip checked. It wasn't even like a hard hit. It was, it was ridiculous. To that me. Brady love. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the refing goes, we've seen on both sides, we've had calls in our favor. I think the Dallas game, we definitely had a few calls kind of go in our favor. And then uh, this game, it wasn't. We can say about Brian Kemp or, um, you know, whatever, because uh, I think he's has a record against the Eagles where we're one in three with him and the Niners had him and they're like 14 and six or, or something like that. It was like something weird like yep. that. Um we have to do better. I, I don't know, though, how you would say, hey, New York, is this pass interference or not in such a split-second moment? I think the games would take so long if everything went to a review. It is interesting, though, like that Brandon Ayuk touchdown, I thought wasn't caught. It looked like he he may have bobbled it. 
And then on the last touchdown, and even though the game was a blowout, Debo, Debo's knee was down before the line, and they didn't even, they're like, ah, we're just going to kick the field goal anyway. Like, he was short. Um, so there's a lot there, too. It's just like, what scenarios are they going to call something or, or not? But to your point where you're like, oh, it's going to take a lot, a long time to to sort that stuff out, that was sorted out. Every scoring play is reviewed by New York, and the referees are the ones that are like, all right, it's good to go, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's such a seamless process that that touchdown by Debo, you felt like, oh, they didn't actually review it or they didn't give it the time that it needed. But like, in did. fact, they did. Yeah. So like, I just don't understand why in cases like this, and if you're you're listening to to the podcast on Apple Podcast or, or Spotify right now, this is another reason why you should go on our YouTube channel. But like the Eagles posted this on Twitter saying, how is this not DPI, right? And it's <laughs> wow. Quez Watkins getting frankly like molested <laughs> no respect before he even catches <laughs> he's getting he's getting hands put on him and moved backwards before he catches the football like how is that not defensive pass interference like i don't know what rules are anymore in the nfl because it is so subjective and it feels like it's arbitrary to whatever situation you're at in the game and whatever whatever referee crew you have that particular game and that shouldn't be the case yeah, you just kind of hope that everything evens itself out. So if 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 you get a couple calls against you, then you're just kind of like counting on, oh, okay, well maybe there'll be a makeup call, maybe something to just kind of help the universe even itself out. Because to both your points, yeah, like you're you're going to get crappy calls called against you. But then there's a lot of times where I hear nothing but those same complaints from other fan bases yeah. when they play against the Eagles. So it is one of those things. Same thing in baseball with strikes and balls. It's just like you. You know, maybe we'll get to the, to this the, this level where we're utilizing technology. I'm still a little conflicted. Like at the end of the day, I want whatever is the most fair, you know. Um, but there is something about this human element that has been a part of the game for so long. So this, you know, this will be an endless debate, and I think it's a debate worth having. But um, you know, thankfully for the Eagles, the game w- was kind of already out of out of touch, out of hand. So those penalties weren't the things that that you know made or, or broke us but at the same time it's super frustrating when you when there's this level of consistency with with bad calls week after week and it it, it is a problem yeah That's i agree I with yeah so i guess you know before we wrap things up i know we're going to talk plenty about the cowboys game as my dog falls off of my lap uh, but he caught himself it's okay good 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 recovery there beach uh I'm I'm looking at how the line opened. The Cowboys are currently a three and a half point favorite against the Eagles. Um, we remember a couple weeks back when the 49ers played the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys worse than they beat us. They they won that game. I believe it was 42 to 10 as opposed to 42 to 19. But that game was also in San Francisco. So make of that what you will. Um, but like immediate thoughts, you know, we. I think that coming off of a loss is, is the best thing for this team. I think we've seen that with other Philadelphia sports teams. But, I mean, how do you guys feel at this point in time? Is uh, Do you think as the week goes on you're going to feel more confident or do you feel do you feel confident right now? I feel confident because I this is the time of year where we do the scoreboard watching. And I have been on the receiving end, well, we all have, of these insane scenarios that need to happen. This team needs to win this game to lose this game. And then if this happens and this really weird game happens, we're in the playoffs. We are still the top team. So I took a screenshot of the upcoming Cowboys schedule who Ali, I am pumped. Hollis Thomas is going to be at our tailgate. I just got an email while we were on here. Like I'm so excited for this tailgate. 
Uh, shout out to Philly Sports Trips. E-Rock got us sold on it, so we're going to be doing that. We should plug this here and make a reel out of it. Um, the Cowboys have upcoming, listen to this, us, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Washington. They could actually lose all five of those. That's honestly. a gauntlet. They, That's a little mini they, gauntlet. They, they really could, right? So if we lose to the Cowboys and we drop to the five seed, like just know that's not going to be the story. Then if we look at the upcoming games for the 49ers, uh, it's Seattle, who interdivision game, always different. Geno Smith played wonderfully against the Cowboys. Uh, Dallas almost couldn't put him away. Arizona, Baltimore, who in many uh, circles is the Super Bowl favorite. Washington and the Rams. And the Rams always give them problems, regardless of how good the, the 49ers are. Our biggest threat is going to be the 49ers here, but I I see us winning the division. I don't see us needing some crazy scenario to get into the playoffs. I think we're one win away from securing a playoff spot. Um, yeah, we'll be doing a little bit of scoreboard watching, but the 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 gloom and despair across our fan base this morning is a little bit over the top. Like I said earlier in this segment, most of us predicted we were going to be a three to five loss team this year. You actually have to lose those games to get to that spot. We've lost two, and it's week what thirteen. Relax. Everyone. We're just not we're used okay. to it. We're okay. We're, just, we're not used to it. Yeah, that is a really good point. It's been it's been quite a bit of time that you know since we've lost at home, especially. Um, but I, I don't think the worries and the the overreactions are are, are unwarranted, right? Because we've been seeing our team kind of teeter along this, are we going to win this game? Are we going to lose this game? It's a matter of Josh Allen not being on the same page as Gabe Davis. It's a matter of Marquez Valdez Scanling mm-hmm. not having good hands, right? Like it's, it's a matter of things that are outside of our control happening fortuitously. But when it came down to it, when we were opposed against a team that was better coached, from an offensive perspective than we were that had the talent to be able to match up with the talent that was on our team. We were outclassed yesterday. So I, I don't think any of the worries are unwarranted after yesterday. Well, with that being said, I think, I think I, I know me personally, I just, I'm going to keep digesting this win a little or this win, uh, the, the, this the complete opposite, this terrible loss. Um, I'm going to try to not freak myself out too much because I am very deflated after yesterday. Um, you know, I, the, the 49ers have, have not lost with, with Debo in the lineup. So if they have a healthy lineup, I'm scared. So let's just hope we, let's just hope that, uh, these feelings start to dissipate as the week goes on. Everyone, thank you as always for tuning in to Winging It. Uh, appreciate you winging with us as, as always. We will be back Thursday for another episode of Fun, hopefully a little bit more uplifting. Alex, do we have a guest for for Thursday? We do have a guest. Um, we were going to have someone. No, actually, no. This guest is awesome. Um, I can't wait to introduce him. I actually saw him uh, at one of the tailgates. He's excited to come on. Um, should I say the name? Should I not? I don't know. We're going to have a tease. Follow us. Uh, <laughs> we'll make a promo this week for it. I'm excited. Follow, follow us on Instagram so you know who it is. Yeah, we are going to have a guest joining us. But uh, yeah, thanks for kicking it with us, guys. Episode 74 on to Dallas week. Go Welcome Bears. to Philly, Shaq. Oh, yeah. Yeah.